Hey everyone, Daishi Han Miller, and we are here with Kuden episode 111. For those of you watching in live, you're probably blinded now by my summer, I need a damn cruise, uh, uh, hot, well, it's hot pink on this side. Um, when I'm looking in the, in the screen there, it looks like it might be orange. It doesn't matter. I got one of those colors too. So, uh, see whatever you need to see. Okay. So, uh, from last episode, I said the, well, actually I gave people an option as to uh, what today's topic would be. And uh, the votes were in, and I guess we're talking about dealing with haters. Not that you've ever had to deal with that, but I got to tell you, uh, the more and more you slip into a role of influence or you start to produce significant results and all that, uh, they will come out of the woodwork. And it is one of the biggest things, right, the concern for and the need to be liked and all that, right? It's a normal desire, right? It's a normal thing that happens uh, because we're social creatures, right? But uh, it's one of the biggest things that stops most people from being successful because they want to bend and twist and whatnot to everybody else's um, things, right? So anyway, um, bring up a couple of little notes that I had here because I don't want to miss anything. So um, for me, and we'll talk about uh, some things that Hatsumi uh had to deal with or just some things that I've seen uh, from him along the way. And uh things that even uh, his teacher, right, Takamasa would say, uh, had to deal with, right? But uh, just just from me, right, um, dealing with different types of what we'll call haters, right? Um, they might not call themselves that because our egos never let us see what it is that we're really doing, right, until we really dive in and punch it in the face and make it, make it pay attention, right? But, you know, people that judge uh, – my skill set, knowledge, and all that by nothing more than appearances, right? My weight, my age, the shape, uh, clothing I wear, you know, whatever, right? Uh, people that uh, are assumed, we'll call them assumed masters, right, with no real-world experience, right? They all, know all the kata. They can do things in a dojo, uh, you know, that kind of thing, right? The flat-out ignorant, right, that they don't know anything, but they like to try to blow smoke, right? Uh, the rank seekers, uh Poor people in time, effort, money. This is not just a money thing, right? Who want a free handout, who want, you know, uh, whatever. They're going to get angry or attack if they don't get what they want. Those who need to be the guy, the girl, whatever, right? Envious, whatever, right? So, uh, they, like I said, they come out of the woodwork. And, again, maybe you've uh, experienced this. Maybe you haven't. Um, if you have, then, well, We'll take a look at these things. So what I have in store for today's uh, episode is we're going to take a look at uh, some methods and and targets. What what on you might different types of haters target, right? Um, why uh, or the why or the intent behind the tactic, right? Where that's coming from. And we're going to take a look at defense tactics uh, and how to how to handle them. Um, if, if you're one of my uh, guys or girls or whatever that uh, – are involved in the Nimpo Mikyo or even the Tendai Mikyo side of things. This is probably going to be a review. I'm not going to dive into it from that perspective specifically, but you'll start to recognize uh, the patterns as you, uh, as you listen in. Okay. So that and more when we get started. So the big question is this, how are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. 
My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. Okay, we're back. <clears throat> so, let's see, James, does it sound okay? James is in the background lurking again, right? I see this little grayed-out screen. He gives me my thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever, panic look. <laughs> whatever, right? So, anyway, um, I was I going to start with this? Uh, well, anyway, um, uh, some folks had, had sent in some emails about, uh, you know, this was going to be, you know, a really hot topic for them because – uh, they've been, you know, they've been up against these kind of things. So, um, that's really great. I mean, we no sooner got off the episode last time and somebody sent me an email and said, my vote is haters, haters. We had to deal with haters. Okay. So anyway, um, so what are some of the tactics, right? Cause this, this kind of, you know, this, this can be uh, looked at from the perspective of bullying. I know we normally think of bullying. We think of, uh, you know, uh, kids stuff, right? Kids doing their thing, right? Uh, we just have different words for for the same thing depending on age, right, or life experience or, I don't know, where our ego is sitting and, you know, we don't want to look at it from something because then – or from some direction because then it sounds, I don't know, it sounds cheesy or it sounds uh, childish or whatever, you know, why would I be complaining about that, right? But the reality is that it's the same thing regardless of what you call it, right? What's that? A rose by any other name, right? So let's jump in and take a look at some, like, uh, not necessarily methods, but the targets, right? What might they target when they're coming at things, okay? So, and I'm, gonna, I'm using our mandala framework, right, the Kongokai mandala for those of you who, uh, who know what I'm talking about. And if not, don't worry about it, right? Uh, it's just these five realms uh, that we make it easy for us to, to uh, break things down. And I apologize for those of you uh, watching uh, live at the moment. Those of you on uh, uh, Stitcher Radio and Spotify and all that, you're, you you can't see anything. But I just bumped the desk that my uh, my laptop is on, and uh, I think I, everybody got a chance to see what maybe it would be like an earthquake. In an earthquake, except that I was moving too. So anyway, all right. Um, so in no particular order, right? We're just going to kind of jump around, right? So. Um, one of them, one of the, the, one of the targets, right, about you, this is about you, right, and aspects of you that they could target, they could, they could just jump in on, right? So one of them is uh, somebody could attack your credibility, right? Um, that, uh, you know, you, you don't have any uh, experience, you, you know, you don't have any business talking about this given thing, right? Uh, whatever it is, right? Uh, they could attack your knowledge, right? What it is that uh, you know, right? You put something out, um, uh, or they could just negate, you know, your knowledge, right? Uh, they could attack you, uh, your personality. They could attack your image. Like I said earlier, before we ran the title stuff, there, um, you know, they could they could just jump on what you look like and all that. I remember one time uh, I had all these videos. This was a long time ago, and we we're now re not re-releasing. Uh, more videos and things like that on YouTube, but just, it's just a new wave of things, right? Just pumping a bunch of whole, a bunch of lessons and things like that out there. But, uh, I did this technique. Uh, it's called, uh, I think, I think it was Yokuto from the Koku, uh, from the Koto school, right? Uh, Yokuto, right? This scoop up and knock down kind of thing. And the technique is just a matter of, you know, they're coming in to grab or whatever and you're shifting out of the way, doing a, ser a, a you know, these multiple unbalancing kind of things at the same time and you step in with a palm strike to uh the chest or to the face or whatever and take literally take the guy off his feet 
and it just drops them to the ground. It's really, really easy, very quick. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a cool technique, right? But anyway, one and I'm laughing, right? Because it was funny, right? Um, but it was, again, people, people attack, right? But they don't realize what kind of an ass they're making out of themselves because they don't do their own homework, right? They just have this need to shut somebody down and invalidate them uh, in whatever way that, you know, they, they think is going to work and everybody else is going to laugh, right, um, at, the, at their target. But, you know, the people that really know what they're looking at or know what they're doing, right, end up laughing at the person who's, who's doing the attacking. But anyway, right, so uh, here this, this, you know, do this technique, right? It was very, very quick. I mean, what, three to five, maybe, I don't know, five to ten second video clip uh, where I demonstrated full speed, we slow it down, then we do it again, right? And, you know, you get people uh, doing their normal comments, whether it was helpful and whatever, you know? And we get to this guy, <laughs> and his comment was, the only thing this guy can push like that is the door at McDonald's. And I was like, well, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a right? So anyway, right? I don't know what bearing that has on whether or not the technique works, the technique is effective, I did it right, wrong, whatever. It was just, this is it, right? And my comment to him was, um, thanks for your input, thanks for playing, uh, next. So, uh, and, and we'll get we'll get to uh, my tactics for handling these uh, these things, but again, so they could ta attack your personality, they could attack you know the way you dress, you, you get it, right? I mean, this is where it starts to sound like bullying, but they could also attack your proficiency level, your skill sets, uh, your ways of doing things, right? This is not the same as knowledge, right? This is your actions, okay? And they then they could also use um, creative manipulation, we'll call it, right? So uh, one one way that this could look is um, they uh, they become your friend, right? Or they feign friendship, right? To get close, and then they can stab you in the back, or you know, throw you under the bus, or whatever, right? So. Are there other ones? Are there different? Yeah, there's different manifestations of these same things, but it's not always overt, right? It's not, right? It could be just this deception, this creative manipulation could be um, they're just running around behind your back, right? Talking about you and reframing or pre-framing people's opinion about you before they even, before they even, you know, meet you, right? So that's, that's the overt side, right? This is the omote side of how this works. Right. Um, what we normally see and what we normally experience is how they're coming at us. Right. <clears throat> if we dive into our Ninpo Mikyo, right, the, the, philosoph uh, the, philo uh, the philosophy, the mind science behind all this stuff. Right. Uh, in, in Mikyo, these are known as the five poisons or the five hindrances uh, to enlightenment. Right. Uh, and we can be doing these things, too. Right. But if we're looking at the haters. Right. What we can be looking at is what's really at the root of these things, right? And so there are these five areas, right? There's pride, there's anger or aversion, that kind of thing, right? Um, they don't like you for whatever reason, right? Um, there's uh, desire or attachment, right? They've got something they want, right? Um, there's uh, jealousy, right? Or envy, right? That kind of thing. 
And then there's delusion or ignorance, right? They're screwed up in the head or they're mis, they misunderstand things from a certain direction, but they're stuck on it, right? And they're going to come at it from that direction, right? So, uh, you know, there, there are these, again, it's kind of boils up and in, in where it comes from. But um, again, you know, the, the, there's the, these different areas that can be targeted. And if you know where it's coming from, if you know, uh, not just what they're targeting, right, but how that works, right? Why they're picking that thing, right? Psychologically, bullies never operate in a realm where they feel weak, right? You're not going to find some scrawny, egghead, super smart kid that thinks he's smarter than everybody else threatening to beat up people for their lunch money, right? Because he just knows he's going to lose in a, in a battle like that, right? So this is the person that play, that that throws mental manipulation games at you, and so when you don't know, they can laugh at you for not being smart enough, that kind of thing, right? Uh, same thing. The guy who threatens to beat you up for your lunch money, probably not getting involved in like um, you know mental gymnastics and stuff because he knows he he just can't measure up, right? He already feels inept in that direction, so. You know, it's just easier to just because I've got the bigger body, the bigger army and whatnot. Right. I'll just start to beat you up. OK, I've actually had that happen. Right. Uh, in this art where where uh, people, you know, threaten to um, and, and, it's, and it goes on a lot, not just me. And this, it hasn't happened in years, but uh, there's that kind of thing. Right. In the martial arts. Right. It's everything's about physical prowess. And, you know, I beat you up and my. My pink leopard kung fu can defeat your, uh, you know, uh, yellow belly sap sucker karate stuff, whatever, right? That's the basis of Saturday kung fu theater kind of things, right? My eagle claw can destroy your dragon tongue and whatever, right? It's just bullshit that goes on. So, um, but this is something that, uh, James and I had actually talked about uh, a bunch of episodes ago. Maybe not, maybe not that many. James, remember we, uh, we're talking about, and I think we were even laughing about some of the folks that are, you know, they're, they're playing this mutual admiration society kind of thing and, um, you know, just knocking everybody else. But, right, they're also, they're, there's all this, not just mudslinging, but they're, they're, they're challenging each other the fights, right? As though whoever wins the fight today somehow validates their philosophical, mental perspective, whether their their information is right or not right, or their taijutsu is better or not better, or uh, come on, seriously, right? Um, anyway, so there's that, right? Um, so, James, do you have anything to throw on this fire? I'm, I'm going to pull James into this thing because, you know, he's a black belt too. Uh, it's been around the martial arts, and, uh, you know, he sees more stuff going on online than I do because, frankly, I don't care, right? Um, I absolutely do not care what everybody else is doing um, unless I'm researching and going out and, and looking for answers or whatever. I, I have too much stuff going on in my own life. Um, I do not let the Internet or technology or whatever suck my brain out and allow me to get caught up in drama and other bullshit because I got shit to do. I got stuff to do. And if you do, too, then it's, you know, it's in your best interest to, to not be worried about what everybody else is thinking, saying, doing or whatever either. Right. But that's just from my perspective. OK. Um, the only time that I ever step up is when somebody crosses a line and it's going to affect the dojo. It's going to affect my family uh, and my ability to support them and take care of them 
or it's going to affect um, my friends or other people that um, I have taken upon myself as having a, a duty or a responsibility to protect in one way or another, right? They don't cross those lines, right? And attacking me, you can, if, if you understand what this is like, right? Uh, talking about today, talked about this, uh, a long, long time ago, right? Of course, I got this secondhand through, through, uh, today, but he once said that only those people who have, uh, act, who have something valuable to lose, right? Um, can actually understand what it means to be a warrior, right? They're not, they're not fighting over stupid things. They're not, they're not making bad choices where you risk losing everything. Right. Only those people who have nothing to lose and everything to gain if they take that chance and win. Right. Um, are are willing to jump in and, and fight for whatever, whenever. Right. Uh, even even if I'm fighting for other people. Right. Uh, I just heard somebody the other day talk about how they took it upon themselves as a warrior. Right. To fight for those people who can't fight for themselves. And how the hell do you know that they can't fight for themselves? Right. I see people fighting for other people all the time. And those people never ask for it. They don't see themselves as victims and they're holding their own just fine. Right. And the person who's fighting for them, um, you know, that they've got half the story or they're following media stories or whatever. Right. And it's what they're, what they're chasing down and what they're operating from is a belief or a perception, not actual data. Right. So it's their reality. Not necessarily the reality of the people they've chosen to defend and protect. So anyway, it is what it is. So anyway, um, James, go ahead and fire it up so you can have your little your little window. Okay. And I know those of you who are on audio only have no clue, but James actually has to do that so that his mic goes live and uh, he's not sending me like you know. Weird cooch hand signals, and I have to train. <laughs> anyway, um, you've been around for a while, and uh, I think we talked about this recently, right? You're on this on this uh, super growth uh, thing at the moment, right? This path and all that. Um, has any of that pulled? Uh, call them haters, call them detractors, call them whatever you want. Has that pulled anybody out, um, or, or caused anybody to step up to? Uh, Put you in place. Tell <clears throat> you, right? Who do you think you are to be doing this kind of thing? Not with me personally. I mean, from most of what I see, most of that takes place online where everybody's behind screens and nobody's ever, you know, in the same room even. The <laughs> anonymous, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Knock on my door, show up at my dojo, say the same thing, right? You may win. But you're not going to remember our, or you're not going to forget our encounter ever. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, and I agree, right? There's all this cyber shit going on, whether they're anonymous or not, right? Right, and for the most part, right now, I keep most of that stuff. You know, it's just I don't put it online or my personal stuff online. Sure. Right now, um, I just see some stuff, you know, cruising through some, you know, just through some stuff online. But, you know, usually most of my time online spent doing, you know, work like this to, you know, promote this kind of stuff and put out what or at least what, you know, I find to be more valuable and uh, helpful for people more than, you know, dramatic BS. 
about. Yeah, well, maybe maybe some folks can can relate that are listening, right? Um, remember in your early days of like when you were first starting martial arts or uh, any of this stuff, right? Um, did you ever have anybody like step up and either make the the weird ass karate moves and stuff and the oh, oh, yeah. karate guy that kind of thing sure. or uh, you know, all kinds, there's all kinds of tactics that are used. I know my kids at the school, um, we have to, t- we have, we teach certain lessons about how to, how to handle that, right? Because, uh, that's going to happen, right? Um, it's easier for, and I'm going to use the word bully, right? But it's easier for the hater, the bully, whatever, to knock you down, to throw out whatever they think they can, right? To threaten to kick your butt, to, uh, to call you names, to make fun of the fact that you do karate or whatever they want to call it in the day, right? It's easier for them to do that to get you to stop than it is to lose the control or the fear factor or whatever that they have, right, if you continue. And it's also easier for them to do that to get you to quit than it is for them to step up and do the same kind of hard training and time investment and all that kind of stuff that you're doing, right? Um, So often people will come at things because – that there's a lack within themselves, right? They don't feel mm-hmm. like they've they've got anything other than the intimidation tactics or whatever. You know, I've, I've always told these stories about my my uh, very abusive stepfather when I was growing up, and our relationship relationship changed when uh, you know I was able to neutralize all those things, and you know he, the, the the tactics weren't going to work anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I was the same size. Uh, my skill set was way different than him just being able to throw a punch kind of thing. Uh, the mental, you know, uh, the insults and things like that no longer, you know, worked when all, when all that stuff changed. Right. So anyway, yeah, no, um, uh, that's all good. And, and while we're on this, we might as well just jump into the, uh, is that, does anybody have any comments coming in or anything? I mean, people are certainly willing, uh, uh not willing. They're certainly free to, to post anything uh, if you've got any any uh, any stories or any little even if you could just relate right to what we're talking about here um, uh, anyway so you'll, you'll keep track of that as it comes in Do you want to throw anything else on this fire before I move to the uh, kind of the intent or the why behind uh, these tactics that people throw out no I'm good we can okay all right. So, um, again, we're just going to kind of run around the bases or run around the mandala or whatever. Right. So uh, defending against these things, if, if you don't understand, and again, this goes back to Sun Tzu's Art of War. Right. If you understand neither yourself nor the enemy, you, you don't have a chance in hell of winning unless you luck out. Right. If you only understand the enemy or you only understand yourself, but not the other, for every success, you're going to suffer a loss, right? I, I think the numbers are that that's giving a 50, 50 kind of thing is, is generous, right? Um, it's, it's a crapshoot, right? Um, people tend to settle, settle into whatever habit patterns they have because whatever they're doing works more often than not, but it doesn't have to work that much more often, right? Or it could just have worked. You tried it five times when you were young it worked three times and failed twice, so that was the more often, right? And then that's what you stuck with, but you haven't had to use it. You just have these memories to go off of, kind of like the, you know, we, we were at a, 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 a fair 
on Saturday, had a small uh, group over there, and we were going to be doing a demo and stuff like that. And, and it just it, it, this happens all the time, right? Somebody comes up. I had some woman come up, and she was interested for her grandson, I think. Maybe it was her nephew, right? Um, but she had this black belt, right? Oh, I already got a black belt, right? And, oh, okay, great. You know, where'd you train? Oh, I trained this place here. But the more we talked, the more it became evident, and then she finally said it, that that had been a long time ago, right? So you earned a black belt at some point, but do you still possess the same skill sets as a black belt, right? Um, luckily, she was very nice. We chatted and all that kind of stuff, and, and then she starts talking about, you know, do we offer meditation and you know, whatever, right? She wasn't arrogant or anything like that, but there was this air of, when she first said it, right? And again, those of you on audio, you can't see this, but I'm going to puff out my chest a little bit, and that's causes the head go up, and the chin goes up a little bit when she said, or, I have a black belt. Oh, great. I mean, her voice didn't get deep like mine did there, just just so we're clear about this, just in case she ever hears this, right? So, um, but you know, this this kind of thing happens, right? So anyway, right? So let's let's go around let's go around thing uh, uh, the group. We'll go around the model again. Take a look at the why or the intent. Um, well, let me finish out the thought I had because my brain's all over the place at the moment. Um, uh, in Sun Tzu's Art of War, right? You know the the win lose ratio kind of thing, right? It's only when you understand them, you understand you, right? And you can fit in to what's going on, right? Can you be damn near indestructible, which I think is what everybody's going after, invincibility and all that. The reality, the, the, the enlightenment comes when you realize that no one's invincible. Part of the invincibility is knowing when to step up and when to shut up, when to escape and when to be present, right? So there's that, right? Um, but knowing the bad guy is not as simple as just knowing his fight style and knowing some defenses against that, right? If you can go back beyond that and know where that, where that aggression and, and whatnot is coming from, right? Now, when I counter things, I'm not just ducking punches. I'm not just avoiding kicks. I'm not, I'm not waiting until the slander or whatever bullshit's coming in my direction, right? I can neutralize that, but that, I mean, that can, that can keep the anger going. It can reinforce things. It can make him go for reinforcements or whatever. Right. But if I can get at the heart of things of where that's coming from, I can change everything. Right. Or if I can know where somebody's coming from before they even open their mouths. Right. And I can control the engagement, the relationship, that kind of thing, not in a forceful way. Right. I just control it in a way that, keeps them off balance or it puts them into a position where um, they can't they can't use the tactic that they're best at right so uh, and that's really where that comes at and we'll, we'll look at that uh, in a bit here right but again let's just run around it again right so what's the intent or what's the why behind why these attacks would come out right or, or the, the the intent behind the tactic right so uh, they could need they could have this need to be the authority Right. Right. They just it's it's look, I've, I've, I've put on in all this time, effort, money, whatever to be the guy or to be the girl. Right. And so look at all I know. Right. I need to be that person. Here comes somebody along or comes along uh, where 
they seem to know what they're doing, right? Uh, other people might start paying attention to them, whatever, right? And so for some people, instead of being okay at being one of the experts or being, you know, somebody who is helping your little corner of the world, right? Um, they need to knock the other person down, right? Uh, it's a story from old India, right? It's a story in Buddhism. There's this emperor, Ashoka, and um, he absolutely believed that if you needed to knock somebody else down to elevate yourself, then you were already beneath those people, okay? You were already beneath your target, right? So he believed this so strongly that the one single law out of all the laws in his kingdom was inscribed on these um, uh, road stones, markers kind of thing that were put out on roads leading into his kingdom at the edges, right? So as soon as you were coming in, you would pass this stone, right? And the stone had uh, this law where if you engaged in those kind of tactics, right? If you had to knock somebody else down to elevate yourself, right? Uh, especially on the spiritual world and all that, but it, it could be in anywhere in your life, right? If you were an abuser to knock other people down and that's how you were elevating yourself, right? Um, that, that, um, crime was punishable by death, which seems pretty strong, but we live in a time now where, um, you know, you can be rude, you can be uh, abusive, you can be manipulative, you can destroy somebody's life, but as long as you don't physically touch them, there's no law against that, right? Unless there's like slander or, or whatever, that's really, really, really hard to prove, right? But if you come at me and you're, you know, you're, you're tearing things down and you're harming things or whatever, and I punch you in the face because you're being disrespectful, see, I'm the one who goes to jail for that. It's just, it's just flipped, right? But you also have to remember that we're talking centuries ago, right? And in another part, another part, uh, you know, another part of the world, whatever, right? So um, they also believed in reincarnation. So killing you was like a do-over, <laughs> right? So <laughs> if I whack your ass, then, um, you know, you get a chance to try again at being a decent human being. Instead of being, you know, this weakling who goes to the world knocking other people down to elevate yourself. That's what I grew up with, right? That was the tactics. And until I was able to get to a certain point where that was all neutralized and the, the scale got tipped, um, that person continued to operate the way they did, right? So anyway, right? So there's that need to be the authority, need to be the guy, the girl, whatever, right? Okay. Uh, another uh, why, right, is that somebody's afraid of the truth, right? They've either deluded themselves or um, they they want to hold on to uh, disinformation, misinformation, whatever, right? And so they don't want to be corrected, right? They you know they they learn something very, very quickly, and this is one of those things that ego is really really good at, right? Um, it run, will run around, especially in the spiritual realm and the academic realm. It'll run around, and instead of doing the research, instead of doing the work, instead of validating evidence and information or whatever, it's like people that scroll their phones, right? And they're getting all their news based on headlines, right, that are very manipulative, right? Because the headline is the headline's designed to get you 
to read the damn article or to stay tuned for the news story, right? But in their haste to get to the next uh, uh, martial arts or self-defense video, in their haste to get to uh, the, what, the uh, the next, I don't know, silly cat video, whatever, right? They're just skimming through here, and then they're getting outraged because, you know, uh, th this is what they're seeing. But if you actually opened up the article and you know, see what the, what the headline says, you get down way down, right? Paragraph 13, 14, 21, whatever, where you realize that, oh, well, shit. That's not what the information says, right? That, that um, It says that it could be or it suggests that or whatever. But the headline flat out says, scientists discover, you know, or this politician screwed people over or whatever, you know. And, but if you don't, they don't want to do that, right? So they end up developing these these belief systems or they they have this body of knowledge that's really more like uh sound bites right little snippets or you know the quotes on memes that we see right and that makes me enlightened because i can regurgitate that back right i grew up with people that um had certain religious affiliations right and so uh what they did all the time was they just walked around quoting bible passages right and then i became the irritation when i said Say that in your own words and give me three examples in everyday life that show that in action. Well, then, you know, what I got was everything from, you know, uh, blasphemer to whatever names, because, you know, you don't mess with God's. And this, this is not about God. This is, uh, you know, this is not about my relationship. This is not, nothing like that. Right. This is stop throwing out sound bites as an attempt to make you know to, and I'm, this, when i say the word you i'm not talking to you because we're all enlightened right so all my listeners and whatnot right it couldn't possibly be us right um so when i say you it's general so don't freak out right and if you are freaking out you can just hit the freaking you know, click a button and go off to the next uh something that you do want to listen to anyway um uh so it's it's a soundbite right so they don't want the truth right what they want is to sound like they have the knowledge. They want to sound like they're, they're the harbinger of truth, right? Um, you know, it's, they're not really open to learning anything new or finding where, oh, crap. I, well, I thought that was true, but it's really like this. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you, the, the amount of hate that was thrown at, uh, now, she might be dead at this point, but a bunch of years ago, right? And I think most people probably have heard the story, right? Um, the, the woman that burned herself with uh, McDonald's coffee. James, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, man, she was in news stories, Saturday Night Live, and all these comedians made fun of her, all kinds of stuff, right? The only magazine that actually published the real story, right, was Newsweek, right? Meanwhile, everybody else is just flaming her. They're making comments. Oh, burn yourself with a coffee and stuff, and you can sue for millions. Um, she didn't sue for millions, right? She burned herself with the coffee, right? Because the coffee is not the normal 165 degrees or whatever it is that comes out of your Mr. Coffee or your, your Keurig or whatever, right? McDonald's cooks their coffee at well over the boiling point of 212 degrees, Okay. So it is scalding in the cup, okay? So, and this didn't come out until the, till the, uh, uh, the, the 
trial, civil suit, whatever, right? She wasn't suing for that, right? She scalded herself, right? She was on a fixed income, and she went to McDonald's, that particular McDonald's, and she said, look, you know, I, I, I need extra work above what Medicare pays for, right? Can, can you guys take care of this? And they're like, no, right? So she just, it keeps moving along. Medical things are escalating and all that because she did, she had like second and, uh, I think second, almost third degree burns, right? From this coffee, right? It wasn't just a little spill. And so, um, she hired a lawyer, right? She just wanted the lawyer to apply some pressure. She needed her medical bills paid for. Just, it was just a simple kind of thing, right? McDonald's took that all the way to court, right? And it was actually McDonald's lawyers who screwed McDonald's over. They didn't turn on him, right? It was arrogance that did it, okay? So this is a jury trial, right? All she wanted covered, and now at this point, all she wants covered is her medical bills and her legal expenses, right? She just, that's all it was for, right? We're talking about a couple of tens of thousands of dollars, right? Not, and I know how that still sounds a lot, but it wasn't the millions that she got, okay? So what it came down to was the lawyers, um, the lawyers, her lawyer, had some McDonald's executives on the stand, and they testified, you know, one of the questions was, is this a, uh, is this a, um, a isolated event? No, no, no. People burn themselves in our coffee all the time, right? Well, how how many? Well, I don't know, a couple thousand a year. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting, right? Um, uh, you know, so it just goes on, right? So they, they, they pull out all this information. And then during closing arguments, the McDonald's lawyer looks at the jury and says, look, yeah, you know, a couple of hundred people a year, a couple of thousand a year, whatever. McDonald's sells billions of cups of coffee a year. A couple of thousand people getting burned is insignificant in the total number of cups of coffee being sold. Okay. So this is just one of those things, right? It's hot coffee, right? What they also pulled out was that um, to, to pull as much coffee out of the beans as possible, McDonald's was cooking the coffee at about 230 degrees. Okay. And then that comes out of the machine, goes in your cup, you know, goes out to you. And so if you've ever scalded your tongue on hot anything, right, one of the reasons is because the higher the temperature, the more they can get that stuff out of the coffee beans and cut expenses and make get more cups of coffee out of the same beans, right? So anyway, when the jury came back, they awarded this woman all of those millions, what was it like? Seven seventy, whatever, right? All these millions of dollars, and their their thing was one person is not insignificant, let alone thousands. And they thought that this person's this this lawyer's, um, you know, whatever. But the the my point is that story was buried, right? One business magazine actually did that story, but everybody else was knocking it, and then. If any of the reasons came out, those stories were now tiny because we're off on the, the next big sensational kind of thing, right? So everybody in the country was convinced that this little old lady was looking to sue a major corporation because she spilled coffee on herself and made a big deal out of some hot coffee because everybody spilled some hot coffee and, oh, shit, that's hot, 
right? And you get it off of yourself and all that. But they didn't – most people have never been burned by coffee at the temperature. That they, do you get where I'm coming from, right? So this whole thing got manipulated, right? Um, and in all honesty, most people don't want the truth, right? What they want is whatever the truth is that comes from their favorite sources. Truth is politically motivated. And I don't mean government politically. I mean you put two people in a room and they start talking about the same subject, they're going to have their own little opinion about it, and then they're going to argue to get the other person to buy their opinion, right? That's what I mean, right? So um, whatever we believe is true is what we're going to argue for and what we're going to stand for. And then what we're also going to do is, is run around and find other people that tell us the exact same thing that we want to hear. And that's called confirmation bias, right? It keeps us bullshitting ourselves, right? So it's how people choose churches, schools, friends, whatever. Tell me what I want to hear, and we're going to be the best of friends, okay? You want to really learn something? You really want to pressure test things, right? Go have a conversation with somebody that believes exactly the opposite, okay? And not make it a fight, right? Go in intending to learn something other than reinforcing your belief that they're an asshole who doesn't know anything. And so when you walk out, you know, all you did was prove yourself right. Okay. Uh, in Mikyo, right, in our highest level of, of things, right, every, no one, no one group, organization, whatever, is the harbinger of all truth. And so once you, once you graduate, basically, from the program, right, and you go out into the world, you start looking at everything, right, including and especially those things that seem to be at odds with or opposite from what it is that you think is right, right, because you will find truth in the damnedest places, right? You will find truth coming out of the mouths of your of your enemy. I remember posting some uh, some uh, quotes that I thought, wow, that's really cool. That'll help students post these things online. And every time I do it, somebody jumps on and and wants to talk about the personality, the atrocities, the whatever of this person. And my my response is always the same. How does that change the truth of this thing, right, of this statement, okay? How does knocking that person negate the truth of this, this statement, okay? Come at me with something where there's experiences that show that that's not always the case, whatever, right? But knocking the person and their character, even if they were shit, even if they were Adolf Hitler, whatever, right? It doesn't make them them being who they were and all this bad stuff doesn't negate this, you know, Adolf Hitler, right, created the interstate highway systems, the Autobahn in Germany and the interstate idea, right, for the rest of the world. So does that mean that because he was a freaking demon that that murdered or was responsible for helping to murder or being the cause of the murder, whatever, however you want to do that, right, of millions and millions of people that we shouldn't drive on interstates and get from point A to point B faster? Just checking, right? The fact that Henry Ford operated a certain way and believed that, you know, he, you know, had his employees, you know, working uh, their fingers to the bone and all that. Should we not ever drive any cars because, well, all cars are offshoots of what he, seriously, okay? So, we need to we need to focus on what's 
what's there, right? But either way, they're afraid of the truth, right? Um, they're saboteurs, right? So they like wrecking things, right? They will deceive, manipulate, go out of their way to figure out how to flat out undermine somebody, right? Okay. So, and this is a good, this is a good strategy and tactic, right? If I can get somebody from getting to that, that level of skill, that's going to be a challenge for me, right? If I can, you know, uh, disarm them, screw up their training, uh, their preparation, cut off their supply lines, whatever, right? These are, these are military tactics, right? If I can do that, then I can keep them in a position where I'm always in the stronger position. And then I have to hope that they die before I become old and weak and frail where they could kick my ass. Right. But that, they don't think that way. Right. Uh, what else do I have here? Right. Uh, they need to be the center of attention. This is not the same as being the authority. Okay? Somebody has to, doesn't have to be the authority or the 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 the, the go to the expert. When I say authority, I mean the, the expert and all that. Right. They just need to be the one that's getting the most attention. Okay. Um, again, without naming names. Right. This happened not too long ago. James probably remembers when this happened, right? One of my students uh, had been at one of our seminars, and I said something that was really, really helpful. He typed it up and turned it into a meme and posted it, right? And uh, what I did was, I, you know, he was sharing stuff around. And I thought, oh, that, you know, other people could benefit from that little thing. And really, it was a synthesized thing from things that I'd gotten from my teachers and then kind of put my little spin on it, right? But I posted it. And in retrospect, I should have probably just, you know, redid it, dropped my name off or whatever. But I just I just shared it over. Right. And this person who is trying to be the guy right in their own little realm and get lots of attention in some of the damnedest, goofiest ways. Right. Like focus. Right. But anyway. Right. Um, what he posted was his comment under my post was, ooh. At what rank does one have to be when the, to begin quoting themselves? And I apologized and I said, oh, I, you know, uh, would you like me to rewrite this, recreate the meme and repost it? Um, so it's in the third person and not in the first person. And I explained what happened, right? My student did this. I thought it'd be helpful for folks. Toss it out. There it is, right? No response. Okay, fair enough. We don't have to have this discussion, right? Um, I left it alone. I don't know if he, James, do you remember if he uh, deleted it? You know who I'm talking about. Yes, I believe it was deleted, if I remember correctly. Fantastic, right? It was up in lots of other places, so. Uh, <laughs> and then um, the other one is they're, they're empty, right? They don't have anything of value themselves, right? And again, people aren't normally this extreme. There's elements of of several things in, in somebody's actions, right? But either way, right? They don't have anything of value themselves to offer, so they go around wrecking everybody else's because, you know, it's it's kind of like if I can't have the girl, nobody can have the girl, right? Or if I can't have the toy, nobody can have the toy, so I'll just break it kind of thing, right? So, again... Weird, wild dynamics. And, and again, we, th this is not a big enough format to go through. Um, which program do we have the five needs and five desires in? Or the five weaknesses and the five desires? 
That's actually in the, the psychological warfare stuff from the Togakure school. I don't remember, but either way, we, I, I don't know if it's in Ninja no Hachimon, might be. Um, got that out. Uh, but a lot of this goes to the crux of the uh, the Life Mastery program and some of the other stuff we have going on. Right? Ninja Mind. Ninja Mind has, has some of that stuff in it. So anyway, um, so here's here's this intent. And if you know what it is, right, if you know what's going on, then you're not defending yourself against words. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, let me let me enlighten you about something. Right. If you know where it's coming from, the weakness that they're trying to cover it up, the desire right, that they're trying to to express or whatever, right, and you you cut that, then you change everything, right? The biggest thing you change is you don't look like the same asshole, the same kind of asshole where you both are just mudslinging back and forth, which is the stuff I, you and I were talking about in that uh, that previous thing where it's just, it just freaking embarrassments to the art, right? So people are just, and not only are they having like, it's one thing if you're having a private issue with somebody and you got this bullshit going by on back and forth, but to air your dirty laundry on the internet. See, the agenda behind that is how many, how many uh, fans can I get? How many, you know, how many people can I get on my side? Right. So now we've got armies of ignorant asses throwing shit back and forth. Right. Um, it, you know, it is what it is. Right. So um, anyway, before I jump on into the into the defense tactics uh, for these uh, anybody, anybody on saying hi, whatever. I don't want to I don't want to wait till the end for this. Uh, uh, Jimmy and Jen said hi. And hey, hey, Jonathan Brown said, of course, peer pressure to conform is real, especially because it requires you to go against the non-warrior culture mindset most of the time. You know, I, I, I've said this and I'll say it again. Right. It is. It never ceases to amaze me how many people who are supposedly training to be warriors cave when it comes to words or emotions or whatever coming at them. Right. Um I was just talking about this with my, again, my, my stepson. He left today to go to the Air Force for his uh, basic training. And, um, you know, all the, I was sharing this with him, right? That, you know, you need to be, you need to have integrity. You need to stand up and, you know, be the guy, right? If you're going to fold, and, and, and what, I, what I was trying to explain to him was that basic training, yes, you're learning, uh, you know, military skills that everybody needs, but the biggest thing you're learning how to do is operate as a member of a team for a common goal, right? And the drill sergeants are doing what they're doing because their number one task, especially in the early weeks, is to apply enough pressure to get those who fold under pressure to weed themselves out, to disqualify themselves, right? So, yes, they are trying to get you to quit, right? Because people that are that will be dependent upon you to watch their back and to protect their lives, just like they're going to be protecting yours. Don't need somebody who's going to be turning and running or folding under pressure. And if you're going to fold when somebody's yelling and screaming at you, how the hell can anybody depend on you when the bombs are going off and the bullets are flying? Right. It's that kind of thing. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I told this story before, you know, we used to uh, go to fairs and, and whatnot and, you know, help to promote the, the dojo in the summertime. Um, one of the things that we did 
wasn't just go to do demos. Because I see martial arts, the, the groups form, they go, they do their demo. They may stick around for a couple minutes to answer questions or, you know, people come up and they get their information and whatnot, right? But then they leave, right? Strategically, what I want to do is have a reason to be at the fair all day long, not just for our demo, right? So we invented a game booth, right? Created this ninja star throw kind of thing, right? People pay whatever they pay, right? They get five rubber stars, right? They throw at this target that we have that has a smaller thing. We put cones at certain uh, distances. So the little kids, right, it's just difficult for them, but they're standing way close. Older kids, teens and adults, that kind of thing, right? Same, you know, whatever, right? So three in wins, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, is that we give a guest pass to everybody who plays win or lose, right? It allows us to be there all day long with information spread out to be able to answer questions, regardless of whether they play the game or not. And the other thing we did was we went around um, with some surveys and we went around giving guest passes and all that kind of stuff, right? And it was a seasoning kind of thing, right? Because I've got students who want to be instructors, right? So they should be helping to promote the school, right? Um, just like doctors need patients, instructors need students, right? Um, but the biggest thing that really took me was how many of these folks who were training to not let strangers kill them could not walk up to strangers and offer them something that was valuable, right? We're, we're offering everybody in the area during this, during the fair and everything, we're offering them, uh, you know, a way to come in and try martial arts, try uh, our self-defense method and whatnot, right? Try this stuff that really changes lives, right? They were terrified. And I had to look at these people and say, you know what? These people are more terrified of you for the very fact that you're in a martial arts uniform wearing a belt. But most of these people could not walk up to strangers, again, who were more concerned about them, the martial artist, than they should have been for these other people, right? Um, but there was this weird mental thing going on. Does that make sense? Right? It, I mean, does my words make sense? Because... The psychology doesn't make any sense. They, they want to be this indestructible. I'm not afraid of anybody. But what it really comes down to is I want to be able to handle knives, guns, things that can literally kill me. But I'm terrified to have a discussion about certain things with my wife or girlfriend. I'm terrified to walk up to a stranger and say, hi, my name is. Who are you? I'm terrified. The hell is that? I don't get it, right? Oh, I don't want to make anybody angry, right? One of my mentors likes to say that most people's problems with becoming successful is they're crippled by their need to be liked, to not have people be angry at them, right? So they won't do, there's certain things they won't do, or they'll keep getting pulled away from this thing they're trying to do, right? Because, well, you know, Work-life balance, work what? No such thing, right? No such thing. You want to have all those great things? Get this shit done that will provide all the benefits that will let you do that other thing. Kick back and relax. Most people, you know, want to kick back and relax, and I get it, right? You want to kick back and relax and not work so hard and everything. Great, but you know what? That takes a lot of work to get to a certain point where you don't have to work anymore or you don't have to work as much, just like your martial arts training. You put in all the training and all the hardship to get to a point 
where you don't have to worry about anybody freaking jumping up. That's what Sensei always talked about this. The more you train, the less likely somebody's going to step up. And it's not because you're walking around with a chip on your shoulder. It's because you're more aware, you carry yourself more differently, you're more humble, you're more respectful, all that kind of stuff, right? You're not triggering more people to want to jump on you. Or you, you lose the character traits that said, hey, I'm a victim, punch me in the face, or insult me, or whatever it is. Okay, Isn't that the irony, right? The more, the, the, the farther you go, and the more able you are to handle yourself, the less likely you're going to have to use your skills. But there's a lot of work, like ninjutsu, where I always, I, I always describe ninjutsu as the lazy person's martial art, right? Because you're doing energy conservation and relaxed energy and timing and, you know, look at Hatsumi Sensei, right? And, and how he was a, an example of this stuff and whatnot. You're just not, you're just not, just, you know, frying yourself trying to save your life, right? But there's a lot of freaking work that goes in to achieving this level of relaxed energy and energy conservation and all that. Unless I have this backwards. James, do you find there's a lot of work to <laughs> just a little bit get, get to where you're not, you don't have to work, right? But people don't want that. They don't want the time. They don't want the effort. They don't want anything like that. What they want is the results today and free, right? Doesn't work that way. Even if you don't have to pay money for it, you still have to expend energy. You still have to, you know, rearrange your life. You have to, you have to do the do. Right, but they all everybody thinks that they can do, they can get to Hatsumi Sensei's level, Takamatsu Sensei's level, whatever, whoever you you hold in in uh, you know that inspires you or you aspire to be like, that they can get there without all the time, effort, resources or whatever that those people spend. Hatsumi Sensei's always said, successful people spend at least at least three times more in the way of time, effort, money, and everything else that goes into it to be successful than everybody else. And that's why they're successful. They also fail more often. Okay? Failure is the key to success. No, everybody's afraid of failure because they only want to try once. Right? It's supposed to work the first time around. Okay? The reason why a lot of people are successful is because they've tried more things failed more times so that they could find those one or two things that were really going to work really, really well. Most people don't want the anguish, right? They want everything to be like, you know, the six-year-old making a wish and blowing out the candles on a birthday cake. If that worked, if that worked, all the shit you've ever wished over candles on a birthday cake, you would have. I know. Disappointing, isn't it? Anyway, all right. So let's take a look at some defense tactics for these haters, right? Because what we want to do is we want to we want to uh, stop them in their tracks, right? What we really want to do is do things because, and this is going to play into next week's uh, episode because I gave people this choice, right? So we're going to do them both anyway. Next week we're going to talk about this epitome of what this art is supposed to produce for you, right? We'll describe it in different ways, but the short form is you become invisible in the eyes of the enemy. 
It's the way it's written in some of the scrolls, right? That doesn't mean you become translucent, right? I don't need anybody looking through me, right? But you become invisible in the eyes of the enemy, which means you never have to freaking duck a punch. You never, that's cool, right? I mean, that's, some people it's not cool for because to them, being the man means they can beat the shit out of anybody who crosses them. Okay. Well, first of all, drop your ignorance and expectations and pride and envy and, and all that kind of crap. And then nobody will slight you. Okay. But anyway, that being what it is. Okay. Um, we'll talk about that, but there's actually three levels, right? That's the, that's the highest level. There's two before that. And we're going to talk about why the training starts where it does and how it's easy and, and why people get stuck there, right? Because they can't, you know, they can't see beyond that. But anyway, all right. So defense, defense tactics, right? So, uh, one, we can call them, uh, we can call them out, right? Somebody knocks you, your, your intelligence, your whatever. Um, I'm about to formulate a uh, response to somebody who posted something on the latest video that we had out on the wrist grab defenses, right? So uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you can go over to YouTube, over to our channel over there. It's, what is it? I don't know. It's Jeffrey Miller or it's Kage 36 or I don't know. We'll make sure that we, we post the, the little thing to it. James, do you know it off the top of your head? Uh, it should be Kage 36 okay. for the actual URL. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, uh, just a couple of our beginner, right, wrist grab defenses and all those kind of things. I covered why somebody might grab those kind of things, right? A uh, little backstory to that. What if it doesn't work? That kind of thing, right? All this stuff is in there, right? And so this guy posts this thing, right? 24 years in the martial arts. I don't know what the hell that has to do with um, anything, right? Because um, he's trying to establish credibility. But that doesn't tell me anything because... There's this karate myth, I call it the karate myth, that just because you have a black belt, that means that you can either defend yourself or uh, teach other people to defend themselves. Okay? A lot of these people have no experience being in that bubble. Right? Have no, no, no idea. Anyway, not saying they don't stand a good chance, but I wouldn't, I also wouldn't say that a high school wrestler can't defend themselves. Okay? But the way they train and what they train for, isn't self-defense, right? It's not to say that they can't defend themselves. I wouldn't say that a basketball player couldn't defend themselves, right? So anyway, um, but the first thing he started off with was, if I were you, I would not be passing on the same bullshit that's failed so many people and blah, 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 right? Well, without going into this long thing, if you get to it within, I don't know, maybe a week or so, you'll see that I have a three-part kind of response, Right. The first part is, you're right, you're not me. Because if you were me, you would have already done the research on somebody's background before knowing whether or not. One of the things he pointed out was, I should pressure test my stuff before, right? Um, most of the stuff I teach my students, right, has been pressure tested. And not in a ring, okay? Against people that are extremely violent and try to beat, break, or kill. Other people that I was protecting or me. Right. So uh, he's right. He's not me, because if it were me, I would have already double checked just like I did. I clicked on his username to go look at his videos and the training he's sharing with people because he has 24 years of experience. You know what I found? 
I found music videos that he copied and posted, and many of them uh, were booted off because he pirated them. And so I don't know if that tells me anything about his integrity or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? But a lot of these things that he pointed out, right, uh, somebody grabs with intent, and I covered. So the next question I would have is, did you actually watch and listen to the whole thing, or did you have a preconceived notion and just were busy in your own head talking to yourself so you didn't hear what I said? Like, if you do this and it doesn't work, you go on to some other technique that you have, right? Um, why somebody would grab, right? We're frustrating them. We're getting Our hands are moving and whatnot, and so we grab. His thing was nobody does that. One of my black belts, the first thing he said was when I was growing up in Patterson, New Jersey, right? And I was getting into it with somebody. The first thing I would do is reach out and grab an arm or grab clothing and yank them into that next punch, which is something that we teach right in mod one, because that's what people do, right? Anyway, so I call them out on it, right? Show me, right, where this is. Did you not look at this? Whatever, right? Um, this works really well on passive aggressive people that use something called presuppositions, Okay. Here's an example of a presupposition. That test is so easy that even Bob could pass it. So um, what, what did I just say? Without using the words, what did I just say? I just said the test is extremely easy. I just said that Bob's a moron, right? That test is so easy, even Bob could pass it, right? There's all kinds of things loaded into this. Right? You want to protect yourself against people like that. First thing you need to do is call out those things. Throw it out on the table. Okay? That test is so easy, even Bob could pass it. Did you just call Bob, Bob a moron? Uh, no, I, I didn't use those words. That's not what I said. Yeah, that's what you said. I heard the words that you used, but language has all these like subtle kind of things. And if you're not, if you can't pull those things out, if you can't, Put that, put that up, right? Like, if I were you, I would, really? Okay, so where's your stuff? Show me, okay? Give me an example of something you would do. And show me how that's legally, or that's um, handles legal liability so that your strike first, strike hard, Cobra Kai, yeah, yeah, whatever, isn't going to land you in jail afterwards. How do you back up use of force? Okay? That's why we have our eight phases of defensive um Tactics, which for those of you who've been through my eight phases, I'm, I've just restructured that. I didn't restructure the eight phases, but I added another layer, three stages, because those eight phases can be broken up into three stages or types of training. Awareness, uh, what you might call perivention or whatever, right? The actual active response stuff, and then the post-incident recovery phases, right? So it's, it makes it easier for people to break things down and, and look at it, and then see things from a from a different perspective but high level mid level in the trenches level that kind of thing right so it keeps you from just running around and collecting techniques like you're a stamp collector or something right well look i filled my book who gives a shit what can you do with it okay anyway so one of the tactics is just call them out on it right that doesn't mean you need to go yeah well and then do that mudslinging that that these other guys were doing that i'm talking about right uh, just call them out on it Right. You're absolutely right. Because if you were me, you the first thing you would have done before you commented was to double check the person's credentials and experience. To see if they might actually know what they're talking about. OK, 
And as a part of that, there will be a link to my CV, my, my professional CV that lists all of my experience, including street experience and all that stuff, not just articles that I wrote and other shit, right? But the, the, the things I've worked at and, and how I've had to deal with violence. Okay. So here you go. Okay. Um, all that stuff, right? So anyway, did you watch it? Right. Did you actually watch it? Because at this point, at two minutes and whatever it is, right, whatever I specifically say, if this doesn't work, you have your other techniques. Okay. If intent. Right. Nobody grabs that way. Here's why somebody might grab that way. Okay. Did you actually watch the video? Okay. It's not an argument. Right. I'm putting them in a position where they have to justify their statements and not just be throwing shit around. Okay. Usually what, what all my tactics are designed to do is to make these people that I can't make them not do what they do. Right. People do what they do. Right. But when they do it and that shit doesn't affect you, they go find easier targets. Right. And I don't care if they talk smack. Who gives a shit? Who are they going to talk smack to? They're going to talk smack to other people just like them. And I don't want them as students either. Because if they do talk smack to other people that either don't like them or know that they talk that, you know, talk that way all the time, or they're actually looking for real stuff, they might go, really? Let me check that out. And they make up, make up their own mind. I'm looking for people that are information gatherers to begin with so I can teach them how to do that even better. I'm looking for people that are looking for strategic, tactical thinking kind of approaches and not just a, another technique to entertain them for five minutes. So great. Go tell all your friends. Good, bad, indifferent, right? You're just going to help me sort out the world a whole lot faster. I appreciate it. In the Bonsen Chukai, there were ninja, right? There's ca all these different categories of ninja. Uh, if you want a quick reference, you can uh, find uh, Stephen Hayes' book, Ancient Art of Ninja Warfare, which is actually kind of a little bit of a rewrite on the Bonsen Chukai. Pissed a lot of people off, but you know what? Holy crap, I got this thing uh, translated. Just this little section, I'm good, right? But there's a whole chapter on different types of ninja. And several of those had no idea that they were being used as ninja operatives. They were only known as ninja within the ninja organization. They were just being used, right? And I'm okay with using haters to help me sort out who's a good fit and who's not a good fit. Fantastic. Okay? All I ask is that you spell my name right. Okay. Um, let's see. Defense tactics, right? So another one might be de deception, right? Just like there's some that will fake becoming my friend, right? So they can get into a position and undermine me kind of thing, right? Okay. I could use deception. I can play along. I can allow them to trip themselves up or trap themselves. Okay. I can engage them in a conversation and ask questions that will tell me whether or not they actually know what they're talking about. Okay. Um, I can obviously ignore them, right? I can let them do what they do, right? Um, a, a will, it, it sounds like an earth tactic, but it's more of a, uh, uh, wind kind of thing, right? Where I just go, they, they you know, say whatever they're going to say and I go, okay, you win. That really throws people off, right? They might go away, smug, whatever. Yeah, I won that one. Or they might, hmm. Right? Some people just want to fight to fight. They just want to argue to argue. I don't have time for that. Okay. Okay. You win. Right? 
Either way, they're going to go away. I don't care if you go away thinking that you won or you go away that you are suspicious that maybe I pulled some. I don't care. You went away. Not you. You guys are all cool. All right. Anyway, uh, another one. I'll put them in the spotlight or I'll put the spotlight on them. Okay. Um, <laughs> James knows. I, I throw people off at the dojo all the time. Um, and they're not, they're not haters or whatever, but they're trying to like uh, manipulate around things or whatever. And I'll go, great, you teach. Okay. I usually do this to, to uh, students who um, they come in with some kind of experience and whatnot, right? And I'm teaching a class. And, yeah, but can you do this? Yeah, but what about this? And, and I'll take a step back and I'll go, uh, do you want to teach? What usually happens, James? You're, I don't know if your mic's off or not. No, I don't think so. Now it's on. There we go. Yeah. What you do? No, no, no. Yeah. And then they're quiet the rest of class. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Nothing else. Okay, put the spotlight on somebody else. Okay. There's a neat psychology to that. Anyway, James must be having his snack. I'm going to get him off there. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then let's see. Um, uh, I could also ask for proof. Okay. Ask them to explain. Right. This kind of goes along with the, uh, uh, allow them to, you know, trap themselves and all that. But I'm open. I'm always open to somebody else coming at, you know, to, to having other information that might change my view, might help me out, might help me grow. Right. I'm always cool with that. Right. Now, if you're going to come at me with slander and hatred and, and aggression and all that, I'm not a dog. You don't get to bark at me. Okay. Not barking at you. You don't get to yank on my leash to get me to comply, right? I'm less likely to heal when you issue commands, right? So, but I can just ask him for proof, right? Okay, great. Been martial arts for 24 years. Great. Uh, worked in law enforcement, security, military. How many fights have you been in? What was the context? Those kind of things. No, not competition. Competition doesn't count, okay? Not saying you can't fight, Okay. What situations have you been in where somebody was literally trying to beat, break, or kill you because a self-defense situation, a survival situation, is not the same as an organized fight? I don't care what anybody says. I've been in both. It's not the same. Okay? The intent of your opponent is not the same. And if it is, I'm not sure how he got into that organized thing because there's usually tons and tons of rules about those kind of things. Not that you might not go up against a psycho. Okay. So maybe there's a little bit of gray area, but, um, no, it's kind of like me, you know, having an argument with a kid over how the engine in my car works and he's six. He has no idea how an internal combustion engine works. I'm not getting into a conversation like that, but when this person presents whatever they're presenting, right? Show me. Okay. They're probably attacking me because they don't think I have any, any proof. Okay. So it's the same thing, right? The biggest thing that I think works for me, and it works all the time, and it's very subtle, is that um, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. And, you know, it goes from there. So, anyway, I promised to, to share a couple of quick stories about Hatsumi Sensei, that kind of thing, right? So, um 
uh, let's see, one good one. Uh, I, I think I shared this a couple of, couple of uh, episodes ago, but just in case you're not following all the episodes, this, this should help out, right? Uh, Hatsumi Sensei had a run-in with his cousin at one point, right? Uh, his cousin is uh, Tsunihisa Tanamura. You might better know him as Shoto Tanamura, uh, the guy who founded the Genbukan, right? Um, and so uh, when Tanamura Sensei broke from the Bujinkan, and he was very influential, right? He was Hatsumi Sensei's right-hand man. Uh, Manaka Sensei took over after that little fallout kind of thing. Uh, he was the uh, Shidoshi who taught Stephen Hayes when Stephen Hayes went to Japan. Um, he was the teacher that was assigned to kind of, you know, get him up to speed, so to speak, right? And so when he, when he, when there was this falling out, right? Tanamaru Sensei thought that things should be done a certain way. Hatsumi Sensei was doing it a different way. Hatsumi Sensei is so gay, so he gets to do his thing, right? Well, anyway, there's this breaking away, go form this other organization kind of thing. Uh, and if you have any of the old uh, ninja magazines, black belt magazines, anything like that, from that period in the uh, in the 80s, you'll see in these articles um, uh, that Tanamura Sensei had written, right? Just inflamed kind of things, right? And um, the only thing that, that anyone ever heard Hatsumi Sensei say in the other direction, the only thing he ever said, Right? He was quiet about the whole thing. And people were looking for him to defend himself and, and what do you say about this and whatever, right? And uh, Hatsumi Sensei finally at one point said, he's always wanted to be in charge. Now he is. And that's it. I thought that was pretty cool. Right? Just It was just a one-off and we're not going to discuss it. We're going to get back to training. Okay? So... That kind of thing, right? Same thing, uh, uh, Takamatsu Sensei, right? Uh, was challenged by this, uh, this one fighter, uh, over and over and over again, right? There were threats, there were insults, all kinds of stuff, right? The only reason why you don't want to fight, uh, fight me or whatever is because, you know, you don't have anything, blah, 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 right? This whole thing, right? Um, this is like something right out of a Karate Kid movie kind of thing, right? It wasn't until there were threats against this, Japanese settlement in China. This is where this happened, right? In China, um, uh, Sensei was kind of the unofficial protector for this, this settlement while he was living there, right? And, um, made quite a, quite a name for himself. So much so that when a couple of thugs, uh, a couple of bandits came to town and were trying to extort money from people, right? Uh, Sensei went out to, to meet them. And found out that they worked for this big Chinese thug, kingpin kind of guy, right? And Takamasa Sensei said, well, you tell, I can't remember the name, the, the slur, it was like a little mouse or whatever, right? You tell him for me that the Mongolian tiger says, this village, the settlement is mine. And if you're going to come back in here, it, he and I will have a conversation. Basically, that kind of thing. And these guys thought, oh, man, he's going to come here and kill you, right? Well, they went back and told him, and um, he, I don't know if he beat the shit out of him literally or whatever, right? But they had to come back with their tails between their legs, apologize to Takamatsu Sensei, and like a box with money or something like that was given as a gift, right, to, as this big apology, like, had no idea, 
right? We didn't know it was you, whatever. Uh, so that kind of thing, right? But anyway, in this whole process, there was there was this guy that wanted to fight him, and it wasn't until there was this threat that look, I'll you know you may not care, but I'll go after something that you do care about, and then that's when he stepped up um, to you know to do things, but. Uh, it wasn't because they were calling him names. It wasn't because they were calling him we or whatever. It wasn't until they attacked something that was greater than himself and that he took it upon his, as his responsibility to protect. Right. So, you know, short stories, right? They, they seem like, wow, well, see, that's how was that the same as, you know, haters and whatnot? Well, you don't think somebody goading you into, um, uh, you know, acting. Uh, in a way that may not be beneficial to you or to people that, you know, uh, depend on you kind of thing. You don't think that's a, th that's an issue anyway. All right. So we've been going at this for a little while. So, um, but those are, I think I did all of my five tactics, right? So call them out, uh, put a spotlight on them, ask for proof, uh, have them explain, right. Their position, um, uh, ignore them, right. Let them do what they do. Right. Uh, it's that, 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 uh, almost that feeling of do as you choose, whatever you want, man, you do, you do you, right. Um, or just flat out, just look at them and go, okay, you win. Right. That's the ultimate evasion, right? You just, okay, you win. Okay. But that's really, really hard for people that have huge egos that have to win, that have to argue, that have to, you know, have everybody know, so if, you know, we can't be one of these other people and personalities, we can't be led by pride or anger or avarice or, or you know, aversion, whatever, can't be led by uh, desire, attachment, jealousy, envy, those kind of things. Um, we can't be that person and be dealing with somebody who's a hater because we're, we're throwing out the same kind of crap, right? It ends up being like two six-year-olds in a sandbox slap fighting, right? Just the enlightened warrior is above all of that, right? So one of the things that we have to do to defend ourselves against haters is make sure that we're, we're not operating the same way, right? In Mikio, there's this character, it's called a Bodhisattva or a Mahasattva, right? Bodhisattva, enlightened being, Mahasattva, uh, superior being, that kind of thing. It's not like superior, like, um, for those of you who are on audio only, I'm puffing out my chest and stuff like that. It's not that kind of thing, right? It's it's somebody who's mature and above all that, right? So um, the the idea of this bodhisattva, mahasattva kind of character, right, is that they are in the world, but they're not of the world, right? They're in the same world, moving around the same place that everybody else is. They're just not living, acting, thinking, and getting caught up by the same shit that has everybody else stuck, right? In the drama and all that kind of crap. So uh, the, the big thing in, in Mikio, we say, uh, and a lot of the stuff comes from these, these personality realms. As a matter of fact, uh, I think it's tomorrow night's coaching call with my uh, long distance guys. Uh, I'm going to be going into these uh, six poisons, right? We're going to be looking at these six realms and, and how they're traps and, and how to get out and all that. So there's this uh, concept of a wheel, right? This thing that goes around very much. And, you know, in English, we say things like same shit, different day. What goes around comes around, that kind of stuff, right? But it keeps us 
in the in the in the crap, right? It keeps us in the same experience, right? There's this there's this uh, reference, right, of of getting off the wheel, right, of escaping the thing. It's not about dying, not about going to heaven, not about anything like that, right? It's it's getting out of that same shit, right? Um, and the first step in it is seeing it, seeing it more clearly, seeing what's really going on, right? Anyway, that's what I have. So uh, questions, comments, anything like that. I know the guys on on uh, the audio platforms, uh, what Apple Podcast and Spotify and all that stuff, right? If you have any questions about anything, any of this stuff, or comments or whatever, you can always shoot us an email, right? Uh, and send it to Warrior C at warrior-concepts-online.com. James, do we have another one? Did we did we set up another one just yet? I know we have info and support and all that kind of stuff. But Warrior C, is that still the the, the general? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you can send that stuff in, right? Um, I read as much of those as possible. If I miss any, James will send me a message and say, hey, did you see this one? Right? This guy's calling you all kinds of bad names and whatever. He'll chuckle, I'll chuckle, and, you know, whatever. Usually what ends up happening is I go, um, you know, go into the email thing and um, delete. <laughs> whatever list they're on, just, you know, um, if it's a constructive kind of thing and it's, a, you know, it's open to debate and, and those kind of things and not being some arrogant, malicious piece of shit, um, then I'll, of course, I'll answer, right? Um, I'm, I'm always open to dialogue, even with people that, um, you know, we don't agree. That's okay. That's, that's, that's a mature mind. Not that I mature all the time. But, you know, I do wear colorful shirts. Anyway, anybody have any comments or questions or anything? No, I do not see anything. You do not see anything. I do not see anything. You do not. Do not, do not. Feed to her, to hand to her. So either we put people to sleep or uh, everybody already knew all this stuff. So cool. Or <laughs> their heads have cracked open and we can't see it, which is probably for the best. So anyway. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Like I said, next episode, unless something changes, right, going to be covering those three phases of training leading to this idea of invincibility in Ninjutsu, right? The, the, one of the, one of the uh, writings, right, um, is the, the epitome of the art of invisibility is to become invisible in the eyes of your enemies. Okay, pretty cool, right? Um, but that's 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 way up there. That's really advanced stuff, right? There's actually three phases uh, of the of the kind of the approach to it, right? Uh, of how to handle things, and they go in very specific order um, and require obviously a different degree of skill uh, for each one, right? Everybody wants to when they hear the lessons and they they get these things, they want to approach second and third level. Uh, training and those goals before they have a handle on the first level things or they just want to run around and do a whole bunch of stuff or invent their own systems or uh, whatever. And um, uh, what was that one thing I pointed out? Oh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Do as you choose. Okay? You win. Okay? Um, that doesn't necessarily make it right. <laughs> okay? Anyway, all right, so uh, I think that's it. We'll go ahead and wrap things up. James, do you have anything else you want to throw on this fire before I wrap it up? No, sir. Nope. 
All right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow night in class. And um, I think James has most of my most of my other students beat as far as um, travel time to get to class. As uh, most people, you know, well, I can't I can't travel for training. Right. Uh, what do you do? Yeah, twice a week. Right. There for a while you were doing three. Um, it's what, an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, something like that one way. Right. Something like that. Yeah. So that's why you come in for Tuesdays and train for two and a half hours, something like that. Yes. Training more than you travel. Not by much, right? Cause it's <laughs> two and a half, give or take, maybe a little bit more than that, depending on traffic, right? Uh, two and a half hours round trip. Yeah. I mean, that's why I did weekends when I went with my team, went to train with my teacher. I would drive. Nine hours one way, not uphill both ways, nothing like that, right? It's not an old guy thing from my house, right? Um, and it, you know, people are people are often like, you know, why don't you take a, uh, a plane or something? Because the closest airport is an hour from me, and then I've got waiting time and security and all that kind of stuff, and flight, and then getting off and having to rent a car, and then dri- shit, I'll just drive, right? So, but um, nine hours. Right. So it was 18 hours round trip driving time um, and a weekend. If I made it a long weekend where we trained all day, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, that came in around 15 to 18 hours of training and then other connections with my teachers and all that kind of stuff. So made it worth my while. Um, But most people aren't willing to do that because they assume that they can't. Right. What they really mean is it's too much trouble. Right. Which is why most people. This is statistically proven. This is not my idea, right? This was one of those eye-opening, holy shit, really? Okay. Most people are not willing to travel more than 12 and a half minutes for a martial arts class from where they live or from where they work. It's got to be on, on their way home or whatever, right? Convenience trumps effectiveness or convenience trumps, um, and I don't mean the president, right? Trumps... Um, uh, training in something that you really, really, God, I want to do that. One of my teachers used to say when somebody would go, God, I've wanted to do this for like my entire life, right? If, if they, he was just meeting him for the first time or they were chatting back and forth, you know the answer to this, right? Because I use it, right? People, they'd say, man, I've always wanted to do this, right? And uh, or they would say something like, uh, they would see somebody, you know, Hatsumi said they do something or me or him or whatever, right? Oh, my God, I would give anything to be able to do do that. What's the answer, James? What's the response? Uh, yeah. Obviously not, right? Those of us who would do anything have done anything, right? Obviously not, okay? So, and now I'm an asshole to other people, so... Just just keep racking them up, right? And I laugh at that because the only people that are going to get angry are the ones that know it's true and hate me for saying it. They can't hide behind whatever, right? Um, Other ones are going to go, shit, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, got it. And you're not hearing anything from me. I didn't hear from my teachers. You're not hearing anything that they didn't hear from their teachers. You know, come on, you know. Hatsumi Sensei meeting Takamasa Sensei, him telling him that he's never going to be, Hatsumi said they told him, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? What you, what's your goal, right? Oh, I'll be a master martial artist. Takamasa said they looked at him. This is after having what? The equivalent of a hundred, whatever, black belts or whatever? Men kill Kaiden in how many different lineages? 
right? Ooh, I can do this, this, this. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, what's your goal? Right? I want to be a master martial artist. That's never going to happen. Best thing you're ever going to be is a gadfly, right? You know what a gadfly is? It's one of those big fat flies that fly around cows and horses' asses and eat shit, right? How's that for a punch in the face to somebody who thinks he's all that in a bag of chips, right? Since they went away and had to think about this, right? Had to get over the anger, had to think about this. Shit. If I want to train with this guy who I just, I took me for how long to find? Shit. Right? So he made up his mind. The best I'm ever going to be in the eyes of this guy who's an actual warrior, the best I'm ever going to be is a gadfly. And I guess I'm going to be the best gadfly. That's out there. And then he got on with training. <laughs> Shit, look what happened. Okay. But the first thing he had to do to deal with that kind of directness was to get over himself. Okay. You want to get, you want to handle haters? Don't be an easy target for haters. Right? Don't get all pissed off because somebody comes at you. Because generally speaking, the things that piss us off are the things that we're afraid are true. It's true. We need to fix it. If it's not true, it shouldn't matter. Okay. So I called my mom a name. You know the kind of name I'm going to that I'm talking about because of the next phrase I'm going to use. Really? Did you pay her? That's all I'm concerned about. Okay. Because I know my mom's not. I know I'm not. I know he's an asshole. So here you go. Right. Ooh, I just called your mom. Yeah, well, I'm not a teenager in the hood who's going to freak out because you called mom a name. Anyway, all right, that's it. That's all I got. James, thanks a lot for your help again. Hang out after we disconnect from everybody. But, guys, I'll talk to you next week on, what are we on? Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.